Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style from a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms to the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, The Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. And here we are. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Bible Live radio program. Your chance to hear the entire Bible, every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible, every year. The star of this program is the Bible itself, not your host here, Soapy Dollar. I'm glad to be here. I enjoy being here with you, going through the scriptures together. It has uh, done a great deal for me in my own life to be able to hear the scriptures each and every night. This is the delight of my life. I've been involved in, in ministry since long, long ago. I came to Christ when I was eight years old at an orphanage where I was raised, a ranch for homeless and delinquent boys. God gave me this vision that I could maybe be something and do something that would honor him. And he's just opened door after door now. And uh, after college, this is 40 years now. My wife and I have been in ministry with Campus Crusade for Christ. This broadcast for the last decade or so has really been a blessing at the end of years, at least, of our ministries. It's really a delight to be with you. Tonight, we're going to continue our way through the book of Jeremiah. We're going to pick up in chapter 36. Jeremiah is finally coming down now to the final days, actually, months before the final battle where Jerusalem is destroyed, the temple is destroyed and burned, and Jeremiah ends up being taken hostage, kidnapped down into Egypt. A remarkable individual, this Jeremiah, and he lived in a remarkable time that parallels in many, many ways the times in which we are living here in North America some 2,600 years later. Although cultures have changed and technologies have changed, human nature has not changed very much at all. And, of course, the God of the Bible has not changed either. The attributes, the characteristics of the true and living God have not changed. And his purpose, basically, has not changed. We're in a different phase of his plan of redemption, but the plan of redemption still is the priority. Let's go now to our wisdom and worship segment in Psalm 118. Psalm 118, 10 through 18. Though hostile nations surrounded me, I destroyed them all in the name of the Lord. Yes, they surrounded and attacked me. 
But I destroyed them all in the name of the Lord. They swarmed around me like bees. They blazed against me like a roaring flame. But I destroyed them all in the name of the Lord. You did your best to kill me, O my enemy, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I will not die, but I will live to tell what the Lord has done. The Lord has punished me severely, but He has not handed me over to death. End of reading, Psalm 118, 10 through 18. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. song he has made us glad he fills our lives with joy you know, these are tough times these are very difficult times there are a lot of stresses in our individual lives homes and families financial stress or health stress relational difficulties in the entire culture there's a lot of stress you know the joy of the lord is our strength in these times we have peace we have joy we're able to relax and to pour out our lives in benefit of others and be helpful and encouraging he is the one who delivers us, and we can have joy in the midst of that. Now, I was going to mention here this enemies list in the book of Psalms. It talks about enemies. Who do you think of when you think of enemies? The New Testament says we can apply that to the Satan, the flesh, Jeremiah and the world. Jeremiah 36, 1-46. During the fourth year that Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was king in Judah, the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. Get a scroll and write down all my messages against Israel, Judah, and the other nations. Begin with the first message back in the days of Josiah, and write down every message you have given right up to the present time. Perhaps the people of Judah will repent if they see in writing all the terrible things I have planned for them. Then I will be able to forgive their sins and wrongdoings. So Jeremiah sent for Baruch, Son of Neriah, and as Jeremiah dictated, Baruch wrote down all the prophecies that the Lord had given him. Then Jeremiah said to Baruch, I am a prisoner here and unable to go to the temple. So you go to the temple on the next day of fasting and read the messages from the Lord that are on this scroll. On that day, people will be there from all over Judah. Perhaps even yet they will turn from their evil ways and ask the Lord's forgiveness before it is too late. For the Lord's terrible anger has been pronounced against them. Baruch did as Jeremiah told him and read these messages from the Lord to the people at the temple. This happened on the day of sacred fasting held in late autumn, during the fifth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah. People from all over Judah came to attend the services at the temple on that day. Baruch read Jeremiah's words to all the people from the temple room of Gemariah, son of Shaphan. This room was just off the upper courtyard of the temple, near the new gate entrance. When Micaiah, son of Gemariah, and grandson of Shaphan, heard the messages from the Lord, he went down to the secretary's room in the palace where the administrative officials were meeting. 
Elishama the secretary was there, along with Delaiah son of Shemaiah, Elnathan son of Akbor, Gemariah son of Shaphan, Zedekiah son of Hananiah, and all the others with official responsibilities. When Micaiah told them about the messages Baruch was reading to the people, the officials sent Jehudi, son of Nethaniah, grandson of Shelemiah, and great-grandson of Cushi, to ask Baruch to come and read the messages to them too. So Baruch took the scroll and went to them. Sit down and read the scroll to us, the officials said. And Baruch did as they requested. By the time Baruch had finished reading, they were badly frightened. We must tell the king what we have heard, they said. But first, tell us how you got these messages. Did they come directly from Jeremiah? So Baruch explained. Jeremiah dictated them to me word by word, and I wrote down his words with ink on this scroll. You and Jeremiah should both hide, the officials told Baruch. Don't tell anyone where you are. Then the officials left the scroll for safekeeping in the room of Elishama the secretary and went to tell the king. The king sent Jehudi to get the scroll. Jehudi brought it from Elishama's room and read it to the king as all his officials stood by. It was late autumn and the king was in a winterized part of the palace, sitting in front of a fire to keep warm. Whenever Jehudi finished reading three or four columns, the king took his knife and cut off that section of the scroll. He then threw it into the fire, section by section, until the whole scroll was burned up. Neither the king nor his officials showed any signs of fear or repentance at what they heard. Even when Elnathan, Delaiah, and Gemariah begged the king not to burn the scroll, he wouldn't listen. Then the king commanded his son Jeremiel, Seraiah son of Azriel, and Shelemiah son of Abdil to arrest Baruch and Jeremiah. But the Lord had hidden them. After the king had burned Jeremiah's scroll, the Lord gave Jeremiah another message. He said, Get another scroll and write everything again, just as you did on the scroll King Jehoiakim burned. Then say to the king, This is what the Lord says. You burned the scroll because it said the king of Babylon would destroy this land and everything in it. Now this is what the Lord says about King Jehoiakim of Judah. He will have no heirs to sit on the throne of David. His dead body will be thrown out to lie unburied, exposed to hot days and frosty nights. I will punish him and his family and his officials because of their sins. I will pour out on them and on all the people of Judah and Jerusalem all the disasters I have promised, for they would not listen to my warnings. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and dictated again to his secretary, Baruch. He wrote everything that had been on the scroll King Jehoiakim had burned in the fire. Only this time he added much more. This is the Bible lie with Soapy Dollar. Jeremiah 37 Zedekiah, son of Josiah, succeeded Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, as the king of Judah. He was appointed by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. But neither King Zedekiah nor his officials nor the people who were left in the land listened to what the Lord said through Jeremiah. Nevertheless, King Zedekiah sent Jehuchal, son of Shelemiah and Zephaniah the priest, son of Maaseiah, to ask Jeremiah, Please pray to the Lord our God for us. Jeremiah had not yet been imprisoned, so he could come and go as he pleased. At this time, the army of Pharaoh Hophra of Egypt appeared at the southern border of Judah. When the Babylonian army heard about it, they withdrew from their siege of Jerusalem. Then the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the king of Judah, who sent you to ask me what is going to happen, that Pharaoh's army is about to return to Egypt. 
though he came here to help you. Then the Babylonians will come back and capture this city and burn it to the ground. The Lord says, do not fool yourselves that the Babylonians are gone for good. They aren't. Even if you were to destroy the entire Babylonian army, leaving only a handful of wounded survivors, they would still stagger from their tents and burn this city to the ground. When the Babylonian army left Jerusalem because of Pharaoh's approaching army, Jeremiah started to leave the city on his way to the land of Benjamin to see the property he had bought. But as he was walking through the Benjamin gate, a sentry arrested him and said, You are defecting to the Babylonians. The sentry making the arrest was Irijal, son of Shelemiah and grandson of Hananiah. That's not true, Jeremiah protested. I had no intention of doing any such thing. But Irijal wouldn't listen, and he took Jeremiah before the officials. They were furious with Jeremiah and had him flogged and imprisoned in the house of Jonathan the secretary. Jonathan's house had been converted into a prison. Jeremiah was put into a dungeon cell where he remained for many days. Later, King Zedekiah secretly requested that Jeremiah come to the palace, where the king asked him, Do you have any messages from the Lord? Yes, I do, said Jeremiah. You will be defeated by the king of Babylon. Then Jeremiah asked the king, What crime have I committed? What have I done against you, your officials, or the people, that I should be imprisoned like this? Where are your prophets now who told you the king of Babylon would not attack you? Listen, my lord the king, I beg you. Don't send me back to the dungeon in the house of Jonathan the secretary, for I will die there. So King Zedekiah commanded that Jeremiah not be returned to the dungeon. Instead, he was imprisoned in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace. The king also commanded that Jeremiah be given a loaf of fresh bread every day as long as there was any left in the city. So Jeremiah was put in the palace prison. This is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Jeremiah 38 now Shephatiah son of Matan, Gedaliah son of Pashur, Jehuchal son of Shelemiah, and Pasher son of Machijal heard what Jeremiah had been telling the people. He was saying, This is what the Lord says. Everyone who stays in Jerusalem will die from war, famine, or disease. But those who surrender to the Babylonians will live. The Lord also says, The city of Jerusalem will surely be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon who will capture it. So these officials went to the king and said, Sir, this man must die. That kind of talk will undermine the morale of the few fighting men we have left, as well as that of all the people too. This man is a traitor. So King Zedekiah agreed. All right, he said, do as you like. I will do nothing to stop you. So the officials took Jeremiah from his cell and lowered him by ropes into an empty cistern in the prison yard. It belonged to Malkijah, a member of the royal family. There was no water in the cistern, but there was a thick layer of mud at the bottom, and Jeremiah sank down into it. But Abed-Melech the Ethiopian, an important palace official, heard that Jeremiah was in the cistern. At that time the king was holding court at the Benjamin gate. So Abed-Melech rushed from the palace to speak with him. My lord the king, he said, these men have done a very evil thing in putting Jeremiah the prophet into the cistern. He will soon die of hunger, for almost all the bread in the city is gone. So the king told Abed-Melech, Take along thirty of my men and pull Jeremiah out of the cistern before he dies. So Abed-Melech took the men with him and went to a room in the palace beneath the treasury, where he found some old rags and discarded clothing. He carried these to the cistern and lowered them to Jeremiah on a rope. 
Abedmelech called down to Jeremiah, Put these rags under your armpits to protect you from the ropes. Then, when Jeremiah was ready, they pulled him out. So Jeremiah was returned to the courtyard of the guard, the palace prison where he remained. One day, King Zedekiah sent for Jeremiah to meet him at the third entrance of the Lord's temple. I want to ask you something, the king said, and don't try to hide the truth. Jeremiah said, If I tell you the truth, you will kill me, and if I give you advice, you won't listen to me anyway. So King Zedekiah secretly promised him, As surely as the Lord our Creator lives, I will not kill you or hand you over to the men who want you dead. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, The Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, says, If you surrender to Babylon, you and your family will live, and the city will not be burned. But if you refuse to surrender, you will not escape. This city will be handed over to the Babylonians, and they will burn it to the ground. But I am afraid to surrender, the king said, for the Babylonians will hand me over to the Judeans who have defected to them, and who knows what they will do to me. Jeremiah replied, You won't be handed over to them if you choose to obey the Lord. Your life will be spared, and all will go well for you. But if you refuse to surrender, this is what the Lord has revealed to me. All the women left in your palace will be brought out and given to the officers of the Babylonian army. Then the women will taunt you, saying, What fine friends you have! They have betrayed and misled you. When your feet sank in the mud, they left you to your fate. All your wives and children will be led out to the Babylonians, and you will not escape. You will be seized by the king of Babylon, and this city will be burned. Then Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, Don't tell anyone you told me this, or you will die. My officials may hear that I spoke to you. Then they may say to you, Tell us what you and the king were talking about. If you don't tell us, we will kill you. If this happens, just tell them you begged me not to send you back to Jonathan's dungeon, for fear you would die there. Sure enough, it wasn't long before the king's officials came to Jeremiah and asked him why the king had called for him. But Jeremiah followed the king's instructions, and they left without finding out the truth. No one had overheard the conversation between Jeremiah and the king, and Jeremiah remained a prisoner in the courtyard of the guard until the day Jerusalem was captured. This is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Jeremiah 39 It was in January during the ninth year of King Zedekiah's reign that King Nebuchadnezzar and his army returned to besiege Jerusalem. Two and a half years later, on July 18, the Babylonians broke through the wall and the city fell. All the officers of the Babylonian army came in and sat in triumph at the middle gate. Nergal Sharazer of Samgar, and Nabal Sarsakim, a chief officer, and Nergal Sharazer, the king's advisor, and many others. King Zedekiah and his royal guard saw the Babylonians in the city gate, so they fled when the darkness of night arrived. They went out through a gate between the two walls behind the king's garden and headed toward the Jordan Valley. But the Babylonians chased the king and caught him on the plains of Jericho. They took him to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who was at Riblah in the land of Hamath. There the king of Babylon pronounced judgment upon Zedekiah. He made Zedekiah watch as they killed his sons and all the nobles of Judah. Then he gouged out Zedekiah's eyes, bound him in chains, and sent him away to exile in Babylon. Meanwhile, the Babylonians burned Jerusalem, including the palace, and tore down the walls of the city. 
Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, sent to Babylon the remnant of the population as well as those who had defected to him. But Nebuzaradan left a few of the poorest people in Judah, and he assigned them fields and vineyards to care for. King Nebuchadnezzar had told Nebuzaradan to find Jeremiah. See that he isn't hurt, he had said. Look after him well and give him anything he wants. So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, and Nebuchadnezzar, a chief officer, and Nergal Sharazer, the king's advisor, and the other officers of Babylon's king, sent messengers to bring Jeremiah out of prison. They put him under the care of Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, who was to take him back to his home. So Jeremiah stayed in Judah among his own people. The Lord had given the following message to Jeremiah while he was still in prison. Say to Abed-Melech the Ethiopian, The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, I will do to this city everything I have threatened. I will send disaster, not prosperity. You will see its destruction, but I will rescue you from those you fear so much. Because you trusted me, I will preserve your life and keep you safe. I, the Lord, have spoken. Jeremiah 40 The Lord gave a message to Jeremiah after Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, had released him at Ramah. He had found Jeremiah bound in chains among the captives of Jerusalem and Judah who were being sent to exile in Babylon. The captain of the guard called for Jeremiah and said, The Lord your God has brought this disaster on this land, just as he said he would. For these people have sinned against the Lord and disobeyed him. That is why it happened. Now I am going to take off your chains and let you go. If you want to come with me to Babylon, you are welcome. I will see that you are well cared for. But if you don't want to come, you may stay here. The whole land is before you. Go wherever you like. If you decide to stay, then return to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam and grandson of Shaphan. He has been appointed governor of Judah by the king of Babylon. Stay there with the people he rules. But it's up to you. Go wherever you like. Then Nebuzaradan gave Jeremiah some food and money and let him go. So Jeremiah returned to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam at Mizpah, and lived in Judah with the few who were still left in the land. End of reading, Jeremiah 36, 1 through 46. Did the scriptures speak to your heart tonight as you listen to the Bible Live? This story tonight from the book of Jeremiah. As I mentioned earlier, we are coming down to those final weeks and days right before the fall of Jerusalem. There is a temporary reprieve, as you notice in the reading tonight. Judah had been toying with the idea of trying to form an alliance with Egypt to resist Nebuchadnezzar and the armies of Babylon. So the armies of Egypt came up from the south. They began to present themselves south of Jerusalem, and Babylon pulled back. But as the Lord revealed through Jeremiah to the people, this was only temporary. He said, don't fool yourself into thinking that the Babylonians are gone for good. They are not. Listen to this. Even if you were to destroy the entire Babylonian army and left only a handful of wounded survivors, those survivors would still stagger out from their tents and burn this city to the ground. Jeremiah is telling Zedekiah in this case 
Turn out the lights, my friend. The party is definitely over. The judgment is set. The die is cast. Jerusalem and the uh, temple would be destroyed. Now, Baruch, who is Jeremiah's assistant, comes into the story a little bit more here toward the end of the book. Baruch reads these messages that Jeremiah receives from the Lord. He reads them to these people, and finally they take him to read them before the king himself. Chapter 36 backs up and takes place before chapters 34 and 35. It is an interlude here. 34 and 35, we're already talking about the time of the reign of Zedekiah. This chapter 36 is stuck in there showing the rebellion of Jehoiakim, who is a constant critic of Jeremiah, constantly resisted the word of God, tried to burn up the scriptures. Only three of the officials that stood by resisted which shows you just how far the people of Israel and their leaders had sunk into lack of respect for God and his word. People may reject God's word, but they cannot destroy it. As we share as best we know how the truth of God's word, it's going to be rejected in a great number of times, and some even violently resist us. We were talking earlier about the idea of enemies. Do we have enemies? Now, generally speaking, our enemies are not people. But we wrestle against spiritual enemies, and those would be the world, the godless world system. Eighty percent of the people do not know and acknowledge the God of the Bible, and their worldview is not based on who God is and his ways and his truth. So they have an alternative explanation for all of our lives and all of our existence, whether it's fashion or the economy or morality or family. All of these things are different. That's the godless world system that presses in upon us. And, of course, it has its expression in the media, in the movies, in the arts, in the music that, that don't have Christ at the center. Then there's the flesh, our own selfish desires that are still at work within us, and Satan himself, and demons that work and in influencing our lives as well. So there are enemies that we have as well, and they will always be there. We should be so courageous as Jeremiah. Jeremiah preached courageously, consistently, through all of these threats to his life, all of these dangers, we should learn from his experience. Just for your information, Josiah, the boy king, came to the throne when he was eight years old and had a long, illustrious reign over Judah and was a godly man, tried to lead the people of Israel back to an allegiance and an acknowledgement of and a faithfulness to their God. He was killed in 605 B.C. at the Battle of Carchemish by Egypt. The Egyptian armies were going up to battle against Nebuchadnezzar, and they killed Josiah. Now his son Jehoiakim became king, Jehoahaz, and then Jehoiakim. And then Jehoiakim's son, Jehoiakim, was the one who reigned for three months before Nebuchadnezzar placed Zedekiah on the throne. It's kind of helpful to know who these people are, because there was a lot of confusion but God was moving and reigning in the midst Sophie of all of it. See you next time. Sophie Reads from the New Living Translation by Kindle House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live P.O. Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. 
Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.